What's up, y'all? All right. So listen, we have a new opportunity so you can be loyal increasingly <laughs> to the Corner Store Podcast. Uh, we have a Patreon account. Talk about David. Where can people find us on Patreon? Patreon.com slash Corner Store underscore pod. And this is a way where you can support us each and every week. Uh, there are, you know, very... Uh, affordable ways to support the corner store. It gives you a multitude of options. You could support the snacks, uh, stop Max from coming out of his pocket every week uh, to you know feed people in the corner store. And you could also be a part of a live studio broadcast if you wish. There's a lot of things in that Patreon account. Uh, Tar, where can people find that one more time? <laughs> Patreon.com slash corner store underscore pod. Y'all, please consider becoming a Patreon a patron of the corner store. Uh, thank you for your support. Hey y'all. Welcome to another edition of the corner store. I am your co-host Kevin Koval flying solo again without the homie Tara Mahadevan. Uh, Tara, we miss you come back all the time every day. Uh, but I'm really happy that you are here and I'm, I'm super excited to introduce our guest. I did want to say that uh, I really appreciate all the hits and the shares we're getting on socials. And, you know, when you listen to an episode that you like, please, please tell people uh, that you think will like it. In addition, it helps us. It helps us out. Also, if you have suggestions about who you want to hear in the corner store, please hit us up. Uh, DMs are open. And, you know, w- one of the things we're really trying to do is help creatives in the city and beyond promote new projects, new ideas, things that they have, things things that they're working on, things that are coming out. And we're also very interested in kind of mapping the historic landscape of how we got to this moment in Chicago culture. And so, you know, I, I get really beautiful DMs from some of the uh, old heads and, and OGs and folks my age and even older who uh, I, I want to start getting on the show more. But uh, let us know who, who you want to hear from. And uh, we'll, you know, myself and Max and Tara and DJ Cashera, we'll, we'll get those folks booked. Today in the Corner Store, we have a uh, an artist who just came off a very powerful week, uh, a multi-hyphenate, uh, the, the current National Youth Poet Laureate of the United States of America, a singer, a songwriter, a poet, a brand new author who also has a new EP in the world. There's a lot to get into with this young artist because, uh, you know, Kara Jackson does a lot. And Kara, it's great and an honor to have you in the corner store. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, I'm excited to hop in. But before we do, uh, I did secure some snacks for you. I know that you uh, have various dietary restrictions, as do I. So I was trying to channel, you know, the shit that I would want. Um, some unsweetened organic apple juice. Okay, true. I hope, I hope maybe you like that. <laughs> um, and then these are these are quite delicious. I I love. I I think my uh, downfall as a someone who tries to follow a healthy lifestyle and tries to take in good shit from a body of snacks i love snacking so i think you have to you know understand the snack game you know what i mean uh so also secured you some fresh pick goodness harvest snaps green pea snack crisps the original lightly salted these are crack right those are good right i know (laughs) these are so good you've had those before (laughs) yeah they're they're bomb right the kids that i babysit like they like oak park households always keep the pea crisps (laughs) 
<laughs> on deck in the pantry <laughs> so is that is that also one of your gigs you are also a uh, a sitter of babies um not so much anymore i don't know i feel like i used to babysit a lot and now all the families don't hit me up i guess they kind of assume that i'm like done and above that but i would appreciate some babysitting money every now and then. <laughs> yeah was that a, that was a good gig for you yeah oak park parents pay so well <laughs> well shout out to them um how long how long was your babysitting career really um pretty much like all of high school um there were a lot of like maybe my sophomore year or my junior year like a lot of new families started moving in to my block and so there were lots of babies and like toddlers and stuff who needed to be taken care of so it was just really nice because i was like i'm old <laughs> can watch your kids but now they're kind of getting older and maybe they don't need babysitters do you still see those same kids that you helped rear yeah um at like block parties and stuff i saw we had a block party like a couple weeks ago and i was kind of pressed because one of the kids that i babysit usually like there was another girl who lives on my block who was babysitting her at the block party and i was like that low-key could have been my gig <laughs> like <laughs> but it's fun yeah well i think i mean not that not that anyone has passed any any job but i think you you've taken on quite a lot for yourself um but but before we get to and i want to i want to i mean hopefully we're going to get to hear a poem or two from the new book uh we'll talk about that uh the new book is called of course uh blood stone cowboy just came out on haymarket books you also have a new ep that is in the world a song for every chamber of my heart Mm-hmm. um that is available via where, where can people find the EP? um it's on soundcloud Bandcamp, apple music spotify hey. um it might not be on i don't know one of my cousins was like it's not on amazon or whatever and i was like people use amazon to listen to music i, I think like my stepdad does yeah. I feel like, so i was like y'all will be okay yeah. <laughs> you'll find it um before we get into talking about those projects uh you 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 are you're you're from Oak Park, mm-hmm. um, and Oak Park. For those that don't know, what what can you tell us about Oak Park and and what it was like coming up as a young person? Oh man, um, Oak Park is so it's a suburb, um, but I think it's it's like many suburbs, but it's also kind of unlike many suburbs in terms of like the history of it, because um, it's one of the only places in the United States that was like intentionally integrated um and so there's kind of a weird like racial history in oak park um and it's always like advertised as being like super diverse but it's also like super racist um but it's true like i grew up on a block with like mostly white kids i've been like hanging out with white kids since i was like a baby and that totally has influenced and like informed my work now um and just like my whole life because i've been dealing with white people and like engaging with whiteness for my entire life um and so that totally creates like a very individual experience um that i feel like comes out in a lot of my work um but it's also like there's a lot of privilege being in a suburb like there are things that i haven't had to worry about that like some of my friends who live in chicago definitely worry about um or just like i don't know there's like slang that we use that like people you know, in park chicago is oak park slang yeah what, what's, there's what's just some like, of it what, what can you can you hip us to uh, the latest um, well one of my friends um was trying to throw this like party during the day and they're from chicago pat this is pat and 
I was like, oh, I don't know if I can come to your darty because I was, I'm like doing something. And they were like, what is a darty? <laughs> and I was like, it's a day party. <laughs> like that's a <laughs> word that people use. In <laughs> that's new on me. Park. I mean, you know, listen, I mean, things escape me, but I feel like I, I don't know. There's one. just things like that that will happen. Or a lot of like, I don't know. We kind of talk like weird like skater i feel like i sound like a um skater boy like a lot like i'll just be like what's up bro like like oh my god bro like that's so like or, i don't know people just talk like that like we all talk like that and i think i notice it when i'm in situations where i'm around people who don't talk like that and i'm always like what's up bro like we like all <laughs> do that um so that's also just kind of like a weird thing about oak park is that like sometimes we'll like try to like emulate chicago slang like people say like popped like a lot of people would be like oh that's or like i don't or like bopped we like have words that like are supposed to be mean certain things in chicago and probably do and we just mess it up and like heard it wrong so they mean different things and it doesn't make sense and i always just think it's so funny because people in oak park will like in their like instagram bios or whatever be like i'm from chicago like whatever like that happens like all the time but I'm like, y'all don't know any what any of these words mean. <laughs> like, which, which is, I mean, which, which speaks to, in, in some ways, like the intense segregation that the city maintains. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, Oak Park is, I mean, it borders Chicago. Yeah. And, and there are people who are on the Chicago side who uh, migrate to Oak Park, who mm-hmm. go to the schools in Oak Park. Yeah. Um, and so that's, I mean, yeah, it's, that's kind of wild. Uh, even linguistically how that segregation really is is maintained uh of course growing up in oak park when did you begin to find uh this penchant for the creative space um well i think i've always like with my music i've always been kind of like searching for some type of like way to express myself um and I think Oak Park actually is like a pretty cool place to be making music because there's just a lot of resources there. Like, I mean, the high school, like Oak Park River Forest just has like a lot of stuff going on and just like the band there. And also like my older brother, who's like here right now. Shout, shout out. out. Yeah. Um, he did band. So I always was like going to like band concerts and stuff. And like, so that was kind of the first time where I was like, I need to be doing something. I like need an outlet um were but you, I also, were you already singing at that point or, or um, playing any instrument or? yeah i well i really started singing i feel like i've been singing my whole life um i don't think people started noticing that i was like decent at it until i was like well i don't know there we had this block party i want to say i was like eight or nine but maybe that's just not true but we had this block party and there's like this live band playing at it um and they had like this like open mic or whatever and i, I did this ella fitzgerald song um, and I think that was, like, the first time where people were like, oh, this person can, like, actually sing. Because there's this another, there's this boy on my block who was, like, known for singing. And he was in, like, the Chicago Children's Choir. And, like, he was really good. He did a really good <laughs> rendition of um, Tomorrow from Annie. And, like, people would always, like, make him do it because he was, like, this little boy and he could sing really high. Um, <laughs> and so I always felt like, okay, well, I just, like, can't top that. So, like, nobody really paid attention to me. Um, but one of my friends who I would play like with bar, I would play with Barbies with her and we'd always like have our Barbies singing and stuff together. Like we'd have these like whole like scenarios. And so she was like, you should go sing on the open mic. And I was like, okay. And then I did it. And so everybody in the block was like, what? My mom was like, what? I didn't really like understand that you were like actually decent at this. 
um especially because like forrest like my older brother is like always singing he's like always been like the louder one out of the two of us so like he's always singing like something in the house and i could also sing i was also capable of it but i just kind of like would be quiet about it yeah Yeah. which is your kind of mo in some ways yeah i think so (laughs) um what, what, yeah. what was the music in, in the house uh when when you were coming up as a kid um there's a lot i think my music taste now is just very eclectic but i think it always has been in a lot of ways because my dad i was definitely raised on jazz like i've been listening to jazz for my entire life like definitely um but since i was an infant because when i was a baby i would not sleep so my mom would just like play jazz to like get me to go to sleep uh-huh. um but also just like soul like my mom definitely was is just like kind of only (laughs) listening to soul and will be forever um so like marvin Gaye and like aretha franklin um the temptations like all of that um but also i think like my brother was really crucial in a lot of my like education to music because he brought in like a lot of hip-hop stuff and my dad too like older hip-hop like and also just yeah like no your dad's Scott ahead Heron. yeah yeah your dad not sure yeah, also about my dad listens to like rick ross a lot <laughs> um which is really concerning no but listen your dad stays very relevant you know what i mean yeah, he's, a, he's a hip young man stint. um and then also like folk music like i definitely just we listened to a lot of like jim croce growing up and just like stuff like that um and we were in i've been i took piano lessons from the time when i was like five i think i started playing piano when i was five and like quit when i was in high school um but also just classical music because we were playing so many classical songs for piano so i just like was also kind of just like obsessed with just like eric satie and like just beethoven and like literally just like classical music um so there's just like a lot going on (laughs) like there's just a lot i think the only unexplained aspect of like my music taste now for a lot in a lot of ways is like rock music like my mom the other day was like i really just don't understand how you got into rock music like that was not me it was not me who did it but i think my dad also like we definitely listened to the beatles growing up a lot too so it always explained somehow well it's interesting because you're the music that you make and the, and the music on this project a song for every chamber of my heart um how would you classify it i'm not sure that's a good question because when i was putting it into like beat um and like to tune core um and I had to choose a genre, I was like, I don't know. So I put it, like, on Apple Music, it's under singer-songwriter because I think that's honestly, like, the big, like the easiest cop-out. Like, yeah, to just be like, the look. the broadest. Yeah, because I also just think that it's not, it's very hard for me to classify. Like, I don't know. I guess it's not that hard for me in my head. But then I'm also concerned about people just, like, lumping me into some type of category and, like, not allowing me to, like, get out of it. Like, I see that so much with so many artists. Um, especially black artists who sing because it's like people just really want you to be an R&B singer like people just are always like oh are you R&B like I talk a lot with Tasha about that because like Tasha definitely has been dealing with that a lot just like people being like this R&B singer and she's like I'm not I'm just black (laughs) like I just I'm a black person who sings well Um, because I mean both of you in some ways and and you even maybe more so I mean it, it seems like you are consciously participating in a tradition of american folk music mm-hmm. but 
I, you know, of course, American folk music. I mean, hip hop is an American folk music. Right. Blues, of course, is an American folk music, and and folk just folk music is black music. Yes, like, yeah, it comes from like the origins of folk music really start in like prisons and like the songs that black men were singing in prisons. Right. Um. And so I've never felt like I don't know. I think it's a weird thing, also considering just like how I want my work to be perceived and like the people I'm talking to in my work. Um, are black people the people in my work that I'm dealing with when I'm singing like I'm not really thinking about whiteness in my work and so it's interesting to be like in a genre that is so white um, and, but knowing the history of my genre I've never felt like intimidated by like with these white men or whatever because I'm just like Bob Dylan and like all those people needed black men to make their music like they just did and like black women too especially just like thinking about like Big Mama Thornton and just like Odetta and like all these people who are folk singers and like yeah. the pioneers of it um or even joan bias who is a woman of color and totally is responsible for bob dylan's entire career so like having those women be kind of like the blueprint for my own career i've never felt intimidated by people like that because i'm just like there's always gonna be some like bob dylan type person trying to like take credit for all this stuff and it's like and i do like bob dylan i think he's a great lyricist whatever um but I've never felt phased by it because I'm just like, this is black music. This is black American music. And I know that. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, I, I want, you know, of course I, this is a, a wondering about history, but you know, I wonder how much Woody Guthrie, who was, you know, one of Bob mm-hmm. Dylan's biggest influences. I feel like he was, and I might be wrong, but I feel like he was pretty attuned to that connection and Mm -hmm. and that origination of of that that folk music was and is black cultural production and then he was participating as uh, a white working person who was utilizing you know a similar form and so i i I often wonder about you know when will that book about american folk music be written that recontextualizes its origin story um and and paints it in a different way and and puts a lot of these people together that you just mentioned Mm -hmm. you know um it's interesting you said that that when you're making music you aren't thinking about whiteness uh in part because there is a good amount of your poetry that that is a uh, wrestling with, considering, critiquing um, whiteness, and some of it is written, you know, without whiteness in mind. I would say altogether. Uh, and I want to get to the poetry, but I, I want to maybe hear uh, a song off of the record, um, uh, if that's okay. Yeah. And then maybe we could talk a little about the song itself. What song? What song are we going to hear? Um, we're going to hear Crush, um, which I think out of all the songs, I guess technically Ray is the only song that I bring up race like directly, but I think Crush also is like probably like the cutest song on the EP, but also evokes the most emotion for people for some reason. Cause I guess it's just like a feeling that people have. Cause I wrote it cause I was like, oh, I like this person, but I really think that liking people is like inconvenient and I like don't want to do it. Um, so I was thinking about that, but also just like thinking about whiteness, like the person I was writing about was not white. (laughs) And so it's just like thinking about my own experience in that song. Like it is just kind of like about my own experience within myself. And because most of my songs are about myself, also I'm just not white. So listen, (laughs) big facts, DJ cashier. If we, if we can, let's hear crush from Kara Jackson's a song for every chamber in my heart. Thank you. 
Jackson's brand new EP, A Song for Every Chamber of the Heart. Uh, that is that is beautiful. Thank you. And it's cute, but it's also, it's, uh, there, I mean, the ache in there, you mentioned the ache, mm. but the ache is also present in your voice because I guess it's hard to have a It's hard to feel that way about somebody, yeah. right? I'm a Libra also, so I feel like I feel that way a lot. <laughs> so it's kind of like, I'm just annoying. <laughs> um. How many songs on the project? Um, there are four songs, um, which kind of just is what the title is about also, because mm. um, there are four chambers in the heart. Right. You got to know some biology for that. Which I just don't know that much biology. Okay. But you know enough. <laughs> um, and, and again, where can people find the record? Um, Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, Bandcamp. Um, I also have CDs of it if you know me and want one. <laughs> Yeah, well, and those are limited and, and really beautiful. Yes. The cover art is beautiful. I made them with my mom, so... That's adorable. Uh, shout out to your parents, by the way. Just yeah. incredible, incredible people. Um, all right, so the EP came out uh, just this past week, and in mm-hmm. addition, you also put out uh, your first you know, collection of poems, okay. um, Bloodstone Cowboy, uh, came out on Haymarket Books. Uh, tell us a little about 
this beautiful, important project, which really is a contribution to, to you know, to to this moment in American letters, um, and really just points to you know the the profundity of your future uh, in this work. But but you know what what is this collection about for you? This collection is about my lineage and dealing with my lineage and the ways in which I honor it, but also the ways I deviate from my lineage. Um, and I think thinking about my family tree and trying to extract the the outcasts from it or just the rebels um, from my family tree and also establish myself as one of those people while also pining for the sense of belonging, pining for the kind of, I guess, uniformity that kind of feels like it's present in my family tree. I think I come from a lot of women who are very traditional. I come from women who are also not traditional at all, and I think that's kind of what some of the book is dealing with. And then also thinking about so my dad is from the South. So thinking about like my bloodline in that way and thinking about how I'm a consequence of just like a lot of country <laughs> culture. Um, but also thinking about like my life in the suburbs and being in the North and like how those multitudes kind of just exist and how I have to deal with them every day. Um, and yeah, that's one of the things I appreciate about you as a person and, and appreciate about appreciate about your work in particular is that in a body of work that is, you know, a chapbook or an EP, you are able to express a spectrum of who you are that no one could really pin down. You know, you are, I mean, like all of us, you know, truly unique, but I think you do a lot of work in a short amount of space to express some of that multiplicity. Um, some of my favorite poems in this book are uh, the accounting for this Southern lineage, mm-hmm. which, which is also, of course, a very Chicago, uh, you know, it, it's Chicago tradition because of the great migration and how many black folks came north seeking work uh, and the promise of, of a so-called better future. Right. Um, and your family is a part of that, of that narrative. And you account then for, you know, some of the women and your grandfather and others mm-hmm. who, um, who, who, who you are remembering there. Yeah. Which is really interesting. Um, so you you mind reading something from the book to give sure. people a little taste about uh, about what the book's about? Because it's yeah. not just about uh, it's not just about this this heritage. It is also then the book is also about you wrestling with uh, being quiet and an introvert and a young person, a, t- a teenager, uh, we, you know, which is which is great because I, I, I love I love when artists are very reflective of the time they they are in the moment they are really documenting the moment and this book you know to me is perfect for the young woman the young person who is wrestling with the ways to move closer towards their identity in in you know in a, in a time of maturation from childhood to young adulthood that's very difficult and you're you know providing this really interesting blueprint for that yeah um i think thinking about what you were just talking about i'm going to read um a poem from the chapbook that's like more concerned with myself and 
my teenagehood um, called Happier Elsewhere after Denise Duhamel. My virginity is somewhere eating a greasy burger with extra mustard. When I told my mother, she held me real tight and told me about a bad man who used to kiss her before my father did. We put up signs for my virginity, waited for it to come home like a cat. I walked around shaking a can of its favorite food. Have you seen it? Have you seen it? I smelled the coats of men hoping my sex rose from their pockets. When they asked me what it looked like, I could only say, far away. It's easy to think of my virginity dancing the cowboy cha-cha. It's easy to think it's happier elsewhere, shaking its hips into a faraway wind. Yeah, that is from Kara Jackson's brand new brilliant chapbook, blood stone cowboy that is available on haymarket books uh is it you're good at a lot of things i guess so yeah <laughs> but is that, is that is that difficult to i mean you you essentially were kind of creating these projects i know the book uh was a long time in the making mm-hmm. um but these pro, i mean to do you have to how do you how do you switch the differentiation uh when you're creating how do you do, do you go into i'm singer songwriter mode I'm writing poems or is it the same mind? I think, I don't know. I'm still trying to navigate through that, honestly, because sometimes I think right now the minds are kind of separate in a way and they're becoming, they're definitely starting to meld together in a lot of ways. The songs on the EP were definitely like from a way separate, a way more separate mind than the chapbook. But I think also that comes from just the fact that a lot of the songs on the EP actually kind of old at this point like ray i wrote when i was 17 um don't also probably like around that time like so i think right now i'm really trying to think about like what like how i can be intentional about songwriting in a different way um but i think also it just kind of depends on the mood that i'm in like i think when i was i just get tired sometimes of like one or the other like when i was writing my chapbook i was so tired of poems that i couldn't write anything but songs because if i wrote another poem i was going to set myself on fire um so that kind of just is what happened and i think also songs i just became really prolific out of nowhere like it used to be very hard for me to write songs like when i wrote ray i was like yes i have one song that's like decent um and then all of a sudden like i think this year i just would be up at like 4 a.m and i was like i cannot go to sleep until i finish the song or just like i would get into my bed and like i would just have an idea for a song and i'd have to get out of my bed again um so i think it just kind of became like a matter of like music consuming me again i think i went through a long period once i started becoming known for my poetry i also just kind of like put my music on the back burner even though it was what i loved first um and i think i'm just allowing myself to like love music again in a way that's like the most authentic for me and so i think right now i'm kind of just putting a lot of work into my songwriting and that process just looks different because i also think like writing poems for some reason is like a lot more jarring because the criteria is so focused on like the language and what it means and like how it's original and sometimes songs are just easier because you can get away with being more cliche and that's fine i kind of like that aspect of it like there are a lot of a lot of my favorite lines are like from love songs or just stuff like that that i was kind of 
taught to not really like like doing poems at least yeah like love poems everybody's like oh here we go like i feel like a lot of people are just like oh like if you use love in a poem like it's so cliche or whatever but then like a song like crush is like after like releasing the ep like most of my feedback from it has just been like oh my god like that crush song is like that's that's it like that's my favorite song and it's just so funny to me because i presented that in a chat book like if i wrote crush down in a chat book and was like this is my poem y'all hey market books like shout out like people would be like what <laughs> this cannot happen but I, I think you're getting at, at some of the distinctions between songwriting and, and and poetry writing and and obviously there's a great overlap and mm-hmm. there are a lot of instances and your lyrics included where you could read some of them and and be like yes this is i could right. read this on its own but i think you're you're getting at something where the lyric is you know one doing the work of music and sometimes the necessary abstraction of a line might be a little more appropriate for the song. Whereas in the poem, you know, even the poem we just heard from you, it's so intimate. The details are so specific that you, it seems maybe not appropriate for a a song for whatever reason. Mm, Yeah. Um, So I I, I wonder if if those are are in some ways, in some instances, the two minds. I guess my question about some of the intimacy of your your poetry is when you're thinking about audience and, you know, you now have a lot of eyes and ears attuned to what you're doing in part because of the book and the week and the album, but also in part because you're, you know, you, you have this status now as the national youth poet laureate, uh, you're sharing all of these very fine details about your life with the world who you don't know, but also your parents (laughs) and (laughs) right. So, so how do you, how do you navigate being so open and intimate um and and you know what seems to be just you know free in 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 what you're writing knowing that you're going to have these eyes on on what it is you're doing um i think i'm that's also something i'm still trying to figure out i think it's just kind of scary um and honestly this most scary aspect of it is my parents (laughs) like i think that's one thing that like there are some random people like in the midwest or whatever who are like listening to my songs like reading my poems or whatever and they could be like oh she's writing poems about her rigidity tisk 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 like okay whatever <laughs> that's fine right. but it's like presenting it to my mom not as like right. so what, what, do they, what do they think of the book i mean i know um, that they're very proud of you i mean you yeah. have very supportive parents who mm-hmm. you know since i've known you have consistently shown up for you for yca Everybody. for a lot of a bomb <laughs> for other artists right yeah. i mean they, they are a very incredible uh, in their own right, but then also very supportive of this community. But yeah, how do they think about about th- this book or some of those more difficult poems? I would imagine it'd be for a parent to read. Yeah, I'm not sure if they've. Well, I mean, also just because we sold all the books at my release party, they don't really. We I have like my subtle copy. Subtle flex. Subtle flex. But um, so they haven't probably read all the books or yeah. all the poems in the book, but yeah. um, they've definitely heard some of them. I think it also my mom i think my parents are kind of like they're very aligned and like they've been married for decades whatever but like they're definitely very different people so i know just like which parent is going to be more cool with like certain things so i always like if i have a poem where i'm like hmm like i'll go to my mom first about it because i know that she's going to be like (laughs) more receptive 
Um, I think it's more concerning for me, like presenting work that's like more raunchy in front of my dad. Yeah. Um, because he's just like your dad, southern. <laughs> yeah, and he's my dad. Yeah. He's very like he's not traditional. Like he's not traditional traditional, but he's still like southern boy, um, Baptist like whatever. I think it's easier to present work to my mom also because my mom and I are the same person. Only I'm like more raunchy than she is, and I think that I'm just, like, who my mom would be if she just, like, had different parents mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And so I think, honestly, she kind of gets, like, excited about the fact that I'm kind of ridiculous. I mean, sometimes she's just like, oh, my God, like, why? Because also just, like, the way that I act is so, like, sometimes just, like, drawing for her. Because my mom definitely is like, oh, why did you just do that? Or if I'm, like, sitting a certain way, she'd be like, can you please, like, sit, like, in a more, like, appropriate way or whatever? <laughs> Or just, like, I don't know. I just don't care about certain things. Like, if I have to go to the bathroom, I'm, like, I'm going to the bathroom. Like, if we're outside, I'm, like, look, y'all, I have to go to the bathroom. My mom's always, like, oh, my God. Like, it's like you're a man. Like, you just went pee in this alley. And I'm, like, yeah, I just had to go pee. Um, So there's definitely just things for them that I think they're just kind of, like, starting to accept about me. Or also just, like, my tattoos. Like, I think at this point my parents just sit in my house and just, like, brace <laughs> themselves for like whatever i'm about to do next and i think they're just starting to kind of be there's like just growing up and being a teenager also like the rules change like now i'm just like 19 like when i was 16 and doing stuff like got my nose pierced when i was 16 and that was like a very big deal and now it's like (laughs) at this point what else my mom's like what am i supposed to do now like i just can't do anything about this so i think they're just kind of like gonna continue to be support as long as i don't do something crazy <laughs> like well you did i mean this they've, they've been very supportive and also concerned i mean you had you you took a gap year mm-hmm. uh essentially to you know be the chicago and the national youth poet laureate mm-hmm. and they uh, they got on board with that i don't know mm-hmm. if from the beginning i know they had a lot of questions of yeah. course at the beginning but that seems like a really big step for them to be like yeah mm-hmm. go be a poet yeah. for a year or whatever I that means i think with my art they're always just like very supportive of that or even just like i'm leaving for school in a month and my mom is like look like you got this little ep like you got this book like if you're at school and you're like i don't want to be doing this i'm not going to be mad at you oh wow and i think that's like the best part of my parents and i definitely have been like so afraid of like the possibilities and just kind of like the lack of like certainty that's coming with it with these next few months and just like these next few years um but i just think knowing like whatever i do like whatever decision i make about my life like my parents like are behind me and like even my brother i think also just like having an older brother is really helpful because looking at his trajectory and just like seeing what he did like going to school or whatever um, was really helpful in terms of establishing what I wanted to do and just like I think also I mean like it kind of sucks because like the older siblings often are just like the like trial runs yeah I'm an, old, I'm an older brother so I, I relate yeah, yeah so I, I think at this point my parents are just kind of like well like I don't really know this like you can kind of do it <laughs> you want pave the way like, we're sense. pioneers man yeah because so, my brother definitely had to go through a lot like my brother definitely walked so I could run <laughs> like that's right. true um so yeah. I think this I like knowing that our parents are the best in terms of just like supporting me no matter what and just making sure like I'm doing what I want to do and also college costs money so it's kind of like 
while my parents definitely want me to have a degree and like i want that for myself at least right now um it's also kind of like if i decided i want to go to school like that saves them a lot of money and saves me a lot of money it saves everybody a lot of money so it's, i think that's also just kind of a thing too it's just kind of like whatever fits like whatever it just seems like the best thing to do so you're you're of course on your way to smith this fall yes um you are going with a great friend of yours mm-hmm. yes patricia, patricia Fraser, right uh former youth poet laureate um of chicago and of the nation mm-hmm. uh do you have an anticipation of what you'll study there or do you mm-hmm. is it just gonna go and maybe check it out uh, I think, well, right now I'm just saying my major is, like, English or something. I think that's kind of, like, standard, like, I write. <laughs> I right. should probably study the English language. Um, but I don't know. There's also no, no core curriculum, so I kind of, that just means, like, there's you don't have to take, like, required, like, math or something or like there's no because a lot of schools it's just like your freshman year is like all the basic shit you gotta get out the way which is just why would i want to spend thousands and thousands of dollars to take calculus so i really appreciate that about smith's academics um that's one of the reasons why i picked the school because it was like oh i don't have to take science that's awesome so i think i just have a lot of room to explore the academics there and there's a lot of cool professors like a lot of poets come in and out of smith um and Northampton is like a very tiny place, but a lot, it's kind of bussing. Also, like there are a lot of people coming in and out of Northampton, which is very surprising to me. But there's like a music scene there. Um, there's like this music venue, like the Iron Horse or something, um, that a lot of my favorite artists are coming to this year. So it definitely just there's a lot of possibilities. So I guess like right now my major is English, but could be something else i don't know yeah well i'm excited i'm excited for you i mean and and i think you'll do great wherever you go um but i'm I'm certainly excited for you to you know kind of branch out and explore that scene and that community and have that you know more rigorous academic life um i guess i guess just before we wrap up i want to know about what this year has been like for you as chicago youth poet laureate and the national youth poet laureate what do those things mean and what are some of the things I know you wrote you obviously wrote the book this year um but what are what are some of the things that you've done experienced in the year because of these titles um yeah it feels like a lot um <laughs> but this year is really rewarding in a lot of ways it was really challenging in a lot of ways um just because i've never been like so in control over my schedule just like being in school for so many years like you just kind of know you're supposed to wake up at like seven go to school and do all this stuff or whatever um so once it was like i was basically doing freelance work for like a whole year um and that was kind of like just a major shift but it was really rewarding because i got to just do really cool things like i did a tedx talk um in december um and i was working on this book um sunday i got to um open for kaina at her headlining show and album release party um at lincoln hall um got to do um a show with jamila woods celebrating um heaven um and just like crazy stuff i just feel like this year has been crazy in a lot of ways like i just don't even remember like people will just bring up stuff and i'll be like oh yeah like i guess i did that i don't even really remember at this point like people be like oh i watched your ted talk like i really just like 
when I tell you, I just kind of forgot about that. Like, <laughs> I just kind of did because there's just so much. Um, but it feels just like wild, I guess, because even though this year was filled with so many rewarding things and just so much, um, I just still feel like the same. <laughs> also, in a lot of ways, like I just feel like I'm the same person. I'm definitely not. I've definitely had a lot of personal growth this year, and just like in terms of just like my artistry and my discipline um and also just like who i am as a person and like how i want to engage with people like whatever um, how, how is the how's that changed your artistry and your discipline how's that how's that changed for you this year um i think i'm just like i understand now that i just like have to put in that work i think before it was kind of like i don't know i can write a poem like here and there or whatever or i can like read a book like here and there whatever and then it just became like I had to be really honest with myself like my best work is not going to happen if I don't have some type of schedule or if I don't just force myself to be rigorous and dedicate my life to this especially with music because I think I well I mean I've just been listening to music for my entire life and like I know I'm doing that work I think it's way easier for me to like consume music and like make music from that um than like sitting down and reading like a whole book um but I think I also just like practice so much now. Like I have to practice my songs like so much um, or the preparing for the show on Sunday. Like I was so scared. Like I've had to practice like so, so much. And I think before I was like, Oh, I make music, whatever. And I would like go to like perform my songs. And I was like, not ready to be performing those songs. I didn't put in the work. Like my calluses weren't developed, like whatever. Um, and so I think it's just kind of like a matter of like understanding, like if I want, to be perceived and like if i'm being looked at and i'm more visible now like i gotta be on point and that's just like well you've also you've, you've gotten to see some uh very powerful very talented women work in that way too this year right mm-hmm. you, you've gotten to work and as you've been with jamila but also kaina tasha mm-hmm. others you know you've I gotten mean, pat even like right. just like people and like pat and iman also just like the previous youth polar it's watching them especially now that my book is out just watching them like hustle and like how they market their book and just like how they navigate through those spaces has been like super informative and also i forgot like we went to london last month and right that was really <laughs> informative also just in terms of like four like, poems right yeah I mean, that, yeah just for poetry and that was just so weird because i've never had to like go somewhere like on a work trip really like i don't really do that and so we we're kind of pressed because i was like look i want to go to the club um <laughs> uh, relax do me a favor <laughs> <laughs> but like it, that was definitely like also a cool experience because now it's just kind of like this is so beyond me and this is like in a different country and i'm like way more responsible than i maybe want to be or thought that i was (laughs) like over my work and just like for myself um but yeah i like grew up a lot this year because of that and like because i had to like navigate through those things and those people like kaina definitely is totally responsible for like most of the stuff we talked about on this podcast like my ep and just like getting it distributed and just like understanding there's so much about like the music industry that i just didn't understand and i would not understand if it wasn't for tasha and jamila and kaina and sen also and like namdi and all these people like because i didn't know what i was doing at all (laughs) so watching them because they totally were in a position that was similar at one point like kaina definitely was also 
and she's still figuring that out and so it was also kind of cool to like understand like all these people who i thought were like totally had everything together like or like totally just knew everything like didn't like know everything and we're also still trying to figure it out so like, it was kind of good that we're like semi in the same boat even though like dasha or like you know like kind of in some bigger boats but like i'm in like my baby boat behind them yeah um yeah so, yeah no and i think that's the power of community and a testament to where you're at too people are you know they see the work you're doing and and they know the the importance of it uh, and also know the promise of it too. So I think one one of all of our hopes is that you know when you go to Smith in the fall, you'll continue that same rigor and invest the time in yourself to give yourself that continued space and permission to create and and never ever 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 stop. Well, we will see. No, we will. We we we, we will ensure it. <laughs> I I know it's going to happen. Um, so where can people find all these projects? um so well you can i'm on social media twitter instagram and what is it yeah frida halo f-r-i-d-a it's frida like people always ask me how to spell it i'm just like have you never heard whatever but frida f-r-i-d-a-h-a-l-o um and the music is on soundcloud and stuff and apple music spotify bandcamp um the book hay markets website but honestly please buy the book for me <laughs> do you have uh do you have, do you have shows coming up that people can see you at um yeah i'm performing at ace hotel on thir- tomorrow right um, so this will air this will air after that but yeah but uh also i have a so far sound show on july 31st pitchfork on sunday um there's i'm reading at the oak park public library i'm august 14th maybe great um yeah i don't know there will probably be other yeah, more gigs to come sure hopefully i'm trying to get some money so if you need to book me please <laughs> right for real yeah no reach out um well kara you know i'm i'm yeah i'm so excited for the week you've had and the projects you've shared with the world and and everything that's to come thank you so much for being in the corner store yeah thank you for having me We want to thank our super producer, DJ Cashera. WDN boss man, Todd Manley. Shout out Ernie the engineer. And of course, Max the snack tour. All day. On IG and Twitter, we are... Cornerstore underscore pod. Please y'all rate and subscribe on iTunes. Tell someone to listen to the Corner Store. And if you wish, you could also tell us who we should have on the Corner Store. Yeah, just you know, slide in our DMs. They're open. A great way to support us is through our Patreon account. It's patreon.com slash cornerstore underscore pod. And you can, you know, support us in our future endeavors and, you know, get some benefits along the way. And it's like the little change jar. Like yeah, you, that, know. you know. In front, little, like at the corner jar, store. Right? Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you listen, please support. And uh, we really appreciate your support. Thanks. The Corner Store is brought to you by Stolen Spirits.